0: Welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast in partnership with Final Football. As always, we will be looking back at the previous game that Sunderland did play, which of course did end in a 1-0 defeat away to Burton last night, or on Tuesday night, depending on when you are listening to this. And I'm joined by Dan and Kyle. Um, and third game of the season yesterday, Dan. First defeat of the season. Um, Burton had one shot and goal. Scored us. Where do you start with that one?
1: <laughs> it's typical, isn't it? Uh, my first game of the season that I go to and we lose. Um, yeah. Honestly, if you asked me, and I was on a podcast last night, I would I would have been absolutely raging, not at the team, at the officials. Yeah. But the more I thought about the game today, I watched the highlights. Lee Johnson, I thought, spoke very well last night in his post-match interview. Um, mm-hmm. I can't fault the team. It's just one of those games where the ball doesn't go in the back of the net. Nothing more we can do. We we had all the link-up play, playing out from the back, switching the ball over to Callum Doyle seemed to be our route down their channel um, yeah. and seemed to be getting quite a lot of success from that. Um, I wouldn't take this one to heart, to be honest. It, it, we could say we got robbed in the 95th minute. We... It, It's the more I look at it, the harder it is to tell. Like you, some some will give it, some won't. So it's just it's just the game. Uh, Stats wise, we absolutely battered them. It was so one sided, but it's just one of those games where we just pick up, dust ourselves off, and just go again.
0: Yeah, and there were so many games last season, Kyle. Not just last season, the season before, the season before that, and even the season before that. You know, if, <laughs> if we were to record a podcast after some of them games, we'd be saying like, Oh, we were so shit. There was no tactics. Right. It never looked like scoring once. Get a new manager in, get new players in, et cetera, et cetera. But to not come away with a point at at a minimum yesterday is rather unfortunate given it given the way that we actually played throughout
2: the game. Right. And and I think you mentioned it too, just saying, you know, in seasons past, we'd all be fuming, not at the Officials not anything like that, but just because the players didn't give give a crap quite frankly. But uh, to see kind of the reaction, to see, you know, even Lee Johnson after the game, like kind of on the pitch, you know, in the official spaces and stuff like you want to see that as a manager and especially as young players and stuff. But there's the old adage that you learn more in defeat than you do in victory or even like a draw, for example. So, you know, Hey, third game of the season, we were kind of riding high. This is just kind of a microcosm of what the season's going to be on hold, you know, as a whole. Like, yeah. So the undefeated season's off, you know, darn, (laughs) I guess we can settle for what 45 and one instead. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it. I think a lot to learn, and I think this will be, hope hopefully, one of those learning lessons and say, hey, you know, we you don't like this feeling. Obviously, we don't like that feeling of defeat. Let's uh work towards not feeling this too often. So, yeah. I'm, I'm not over, I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, and you said it before, Dan. Obviously, the most
0: important thing is you know not to get carried away, not to start thinking the players aren't good enough, the manager's not good enough, we're not going up, etc., etc. It's one game we lost, we move on, probably should have won, plenty of positives to take. But it is important that we get back on track on Saturday, we get a win against Wimbledon, hopefully keep a clean sheet, and make sure that this defeat doesn't turn into what last season's defeat turned into, which I think it was like 10 games without a win. It's important that we get it get it right straight away.
1: Yeah, 100%, because... We, we can accept one defeat, but how we played, we, sh- we shouldn't be accepting anymore because we we should have been at least two, three, four up in that first half. Magidi yeah. missed. The the more I watch that Magidi miss back, the more frustrated I get. He is yeah. in acres of space. Did you see Adama Traore versus Leicester at the weekend? Yeah. Same thing. I don't know why he's going to chip that. He should have just placed it and...
0: Or oh, even the keeper.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's got the quality to do that. And that's the thing that potentially could worry me is that we've relied on McGeady so much in the last couple of seasons to get us out of League One. There yeah. is a time where he's going to slow down, where he's not going to be as effective, and we might see some more inconsistencies from him going through the season. So it's making sure that we've got either a player that took to come in for him to replace him, maybe towards the end of the season to really push on, or we have some youth talent that can really um, learn from McGeady. and we can't we can't rely on him solely this year, which I think we saw last night because that was a game he could have took by the scruff of his neck and changed something. But there was quite a few misplaced passes, there was some skills that he tried to take on that. Didn't work. The finish yeah. that he could have had just didn't happen. And I feel like even though it's one game, even though it's the start of the season, what, is he pushing on 35?
0: And, and he might already be 35 now, to be fair. Yeah, he's yeah, getting older.
1: 35, exactly. So as much as I love him, and he pulled off an immaculate roulette last night. Yeah, um, he did. Oh, yeah. There's just slight worries because... Lyndon Gooch is another inconsistent player. He played well in the last 10 minutes yesterday, but for the majority of the game, a lot of what he wanted to do didn't work. So if we've got two inconsistent wingers, it could cause problems for the strike force. So I'm still very confident. I'm still very proud of the team because of how they played yesterday. Don't get me wrong. They played really well. Some of the best football I've seen from us, but it's just those little things that we need to iron out and hopefully... Hopefully we can pull off something against Wimbledon. But looking at the table, you could even see, you could argue the top 15 in that league can push for playoffs. So it's
0: going to be another hard game. We definitely
1: can't write off Wimbledon.
0: And I was going to mention it later on in the podcast, Kyle, but I suppose it leads on quite nicely (laughs) to this now. Um, And I think I mentioned it on Twitter as well after the game. And I did put in the tweet that it's going to cause inevitable uproar because it always does. But you know, I think we said um after the Wigan game potentially even after the um who do play on who do play on side I've forgotten it. MK Dons. MK yeah, Dons, sorry so, just completely completely <laughs> went out of my mind there. Obviously, we said after the uh, Wigan game and after the MK Dons game. McGeady just hasn't really been excellent, I suppose, so far this season. Obviously, yeah, he got the you got the goal against Wigan from the penalty spot. You yep. got the he didn't actually get the assist because obviously the keeper's caught it and dropped it against um, MK Dons. But he just hasn't been the same as what he was last season. And although he hasn't been playing particularly well, we've won our opening two games without too much of a contribution from him. Um. And I know you said, I think it was after the wooden game. You said it, that we could start using it on the bench, to see how effective he is against like yep. tired defenders, tired legs. Do you think that should and could be the case on Saturday?
2: I think it should. I think timing would be right for it. Um, you know he had he had knee injections in the off season really not too long ago so I, I think these first few games for Lee Johnson was like hey let's let's get him out there let's get those legs moving a little bit and you know I, what will be interesting is is McGee's ego right which and, mm-hmm. and and it comes with any great player is going to have the mentality that they want to be out there every single game but there has to be the reality set in and that's on the that's on the coach that's on Lee Johnson to, to sit him down and say hey look we we gave you the contract extension as well like you obviously are part of the plans here but we have to manage the the course of the season because you can tell too. Every team that plays us, when they look at our starting eleven, they're gonna focus on probably two or three players to start. But number one is almost likely gonna be McGee. That's the name that pops out every single time. So, and you can see it every time he touched the ball, somebody was on his back immediately. Because while he used to be able to turn and still has the potential to do that, uh, you know, when when a player is right next to him, or sometimes if that first touch is a little off, uh, it, it, he's he's scrambling a little bit. So I think yeah. it would be good for everybody just to, you know, let's, Hey, let's have you come off the bench because really his biggest impact outside of potentially scoring that goal early on, his biggest impact did come within the last 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, back when it was, you know, balls against the wall, really for, for Burton and stuff. So I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him at all come on for those last 35, you know, 30 minutes, 25 minutes and really just run at him. you know, put someone out there like, like a Jack Diamond or even, you know, you brought in Broadhead who's played a little bit of winger and or even Pritchard I I really love Pritchard I, like from yeah. from everything I've seen he just seems like we got to find a way to kind of work him in there and uh, I yeah you you nail on the head I think if we can find a way to kind of you know manage McGeady mentally and physically get him out there maybe I I think this Saturday against a team like Wimbledon who I mean nothing's given but that should be a game that we go out and attack the biggest thing I just want we can't let Burton beat us twice in, in the sense of, you know, they beat us now, but we can't let that linger into the weekend. We have to, Wimbledon has to be one of those games where it's coming out early doors and we're up two, two to three nothing, you know, but in the first half. Is that going to happen? Not likely, but I want to at least see that intent. Yeah.
0: Um, we'll look at a the team They did start the game for Sunderland, and I think it was one change again. Uh, Lee Burge in goal, Winchester, Flanagan, Doyle, and Sergeant is back four. nine back from what well, I think was an illness. He started in midfield. Elliot Embleton and Dan Neal alongside him. Gady Gooch and Stewart as a front three. And like I said, Dan one change or nine back into midfield. Uh, there was talk, obviously, for Frederick Alves. He came in alone from West Ham last week. There was talk about whether he would potentially start. Obviously, I don't know how much game time he's had recently. I don't know how up to match fitness he is, but he didn't start. Um, was that kind of the uh, starting eleven you'd expected to see yet yeah, last night? Yeah, definitely. It's it's probably our strongest eleven. We missed
1: Corey Evans definitely yesterday, yeah. He would have been able to like screen across that back four and really support out because uh, sometimes McGeady wasn't holding the runs back and leaving Dennis by himself. And that's sort of where you would maybe expect Corey Evans just to sweep in and sweep up because it looked like Dennis was struggling that game. It wasn't a great game for him. Mm. Um, But on paper, and even performance-wise, there's nothing we have on that bench that could have really made us any stronger and given us a better opportunity to beat them. Um, Frederick Alves, who, in my opinion, is a great signing, beaten quality through pre-season. I've got a couple of West Ham friends at work and they rate him highly. So it would have been nice to see him start maybe for Tom Flanagan. Because yeah. although that was one of the better games I've seen from Flanagan, hundred mm-hmm. yep. percent, there were still times where, where on a throw-in or when they're playing it out from the back, you you sort of saying to yourself, anyone but him, because you yeah. know that either every single time we'll we misplace a pass or he'll give the ball away, and then it's panic stations for the for the defense. But yeah. um, in my opinion, nothing more could be done. I think, like I said, it's the best we could have put out. And I just have to say, I was really, really impressed. Um, I thought he had a brilliant game. His vision, his ability to pass and break down the defences from, from a one-touch pass, where yeah. he's just opened up his body and played it straight away. It's caused problems with the defence, letting Ross run through, letting Gidi run through. Um, very, very impressed with him. Embleton, I thought- I Had a solid game as well, um, and I was quite, I was a bit surprised to see him go off. But then uh, Alex Pritchard came on, and I thought he changed the game. Maybe, yep. maybe if you asked me on Saturday who I'd play, I would probably bring in Alex Pritchard because what I yep. saw yesterday, he changed the game for us in those last twenty minutes, in those last closing minutes. Even though we didn't score, he did everything he possibly could, and yes. What a player he is for League One. And we just need him sitting behind Ross Stewart. We just need him to pivot in that cam position and just stay there. And I think we'll be fine. I think he'll really be a big player coming into the Christmas period and later parts
0: of the season. Touch wood, yeah. he doesn't get injured. Hopefully, there is always a possibility. But I think I think the thing is, with at the moment, I think it is just a case of getting a match fit before we start. Obviously, I think he's played... Not cheery if we played all against Wigan, but I think it obviously came on against MK Dons. You think he played in the Cup um, and obviously featured for, like, I think, we got 20, 25 minutes last night. So whether we start on Saturday, I suppose we'll see about that. But the game as a whole last night was, in a way, to me, similar to Wigan. You know, both sides creating chances, neither side taking the chances. Obviously, you look back at some of the Burton chances. They had, they had a good ball put in the box, five yards out, header put over the bar. Um, and obviously, we'll get on to the Sunderland chances as well. And you look back at the McGeeDee chance, Kyle, uh, the similar one that Ross Stewart had where he was still on goal and just a very tame effort. You just can't help but look back and think, yeah, what more could we have done, obviously, other than put the ball in the net?
2: Yeah, and, and that's really it. Sometimes when you have too much time, you know, that's kind of your worst enemy. It's 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 easier to make kind of that snap reaction and, and put it in the back of the net versus having 40, 40 yards of, pace, or of space and and overthinking it. And and I think that's yeah. just what it is. And I I really think it just boils down to those few plays, because if we had put those in the back of the net, we're up to maybe two nothing, possibly even three, but let's say realistically two nothing. Yeah. We're probably staring at another two one. Right. And then everything probably. as as far as like how the changes and the subs were made, you know, maybe I, I still think, honestly, some of the same subs would have been made um, mm. and, and everything kind of went as planned and, and things like that. And it, this was just one of those cases where it just didn't didn't drop for us. But the thing I do enjoy seeing, especially with these subs, is that we're actually subbing on a different style of player uh, yeah. to be able to change the game. Versus last season, it's it's subbing off Scowen for you know whoever, and it's just it's yeah. the same player. You're just subbing in the same exact player, but. Yeah, I think this really boiled down to just just those missed chances. We we had that opportunity, and then I, I do agree with the Corey Evans take as well. I think especially, and, and I'm sure we'll get to on, on their goal. I think if that was Corey Evans charging down that uh, that first ball immediately, other than you know instead of Luke 0-9, I think he would have made the tackle to to break it up. But here we are. So,
0: yeah, I think there's there's a big difference as well this season, Kyle. I know last season if we kind of went one 0 down, you'd be thinking you know one one. Maybe best case scenario, but you, when you've got Embleton on the pitch, you've got Dan Neal on the pitch, McGeady, you've got Pritchard on the bench. We've now got a lot of players capable of breaking a team down. Whereas last yep. season, we just didn't have that at all. Again, other than
2: McGeady. Yeah, and yeah, and that's why I think it boils down to this: that like I'm not too concerned. You know, I <laughs> we haven't reached our final form yet, right? That that's really what we're looking at, and and the pieces are in place there and like i said the ability to attack even a deficit or even a draw or attack or defend a lead we have we're so much more multifaceted than we are last season and that's that is i know the recruitment's been this and that and you know some people you know are still kind of up in arms in it but you you can't fault the signings that have been made, the players that have been brought in, because I think it's, it's, it lines up with the vision that we have and the style of play that we have. So it's just, Hey, there's going to be growing pains along the way. We weren't going to go undefeated the whole season. This is one of those where it's early. It's on the road. You know, you can, you can afford to, you know, to sometimes drop a game like that. And I just think it's good. If if we got beat three, four, nothing, sure, then <laughs> then we'd have to ask them questions. But they have one shot on goal and they, they made it. You know, we had seven and we just didn't execute. So it's yeah. uh yeah, I'm not too concerned. I like that we have those different options now. Yeah. And as Kyle said there, Dan, they did score
0: with their only shot on target in the game. Um it was good finish. Great finish, to be honest. Um but Like you say, you've got Evans in midfield there, who's very quick to 50-50 balls. We didn't really have that yesterday. Um, And ultimately, I'm not sure. Like, I haven't watched it back too many times, but the margin from the first two times that I've seen it did seem to be quite poor on the left-hand side.
1: Yeah, well, it just goes back to what I was saying. Um, It was a bit of a weird goal because the ball came through and it... Was it Tom Flanagan that it bounced off and it led to an absolute wonder strike? Yeah, um, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so it's that left-hand side was causing us problems for the, the majority of the game. That's where Corey Evans would have played a massive role because uh, Dennis Kirkin... Is it Kirkin or Turkin? I can't remember how... Kirkin. yeah. Turkin, that. that's it, yeah. He was getting beaten every time that... And any of their players ran at him. Um, yeah. There were times where I, I, I saw it that uh, him and McGeady, their, their winger was attacking them and they both turned the same direction. Um, both of them. So I, that left-hand side was going to cause us problems and if there was a goal, it was coming from the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. And it was just A hell of a strike there's nothing we can do about that one it was just down to pure technique and ability um it's it's just a frustrating one because if someone just took ownership of the ball as it was being played through um maybe being a bit more aware of where the ball was when it bounced off tom flanagan's leg we could have dealt with it a bit better but it's just one of those frustrating ones where in the moment I guess the players don't really know what they're doing. Their body's telling them one thing where the the where the mind telling them something different. Um yeah. but it's just it was just a frustrating one and to be fair, they almost scored another wonder strike as well. Coming from the yeah. same side, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Where they cut cut inside and hit that apex and if that shot went in, I think I would have applauded it because yeah. that that was just outrageous. But it was always from that left-hand side, so I think that's where someone needs to step up and guide uh, Dennis through um, the games a bit more. Maybe in training, guide him to like positionally, maybe or mm. not not being as afraid of making like a strong challenge or putting his body about. Yeah. Because if if he was a bit stronger and wasn't afraid to throw himself at the ball or throw himself at the player, and Maybe not be scared to get hurt. Then I think he'd grow into an amazing player because there were signs as he was attacking that he was he was cutting the def- cutting the defense apart like it was nothing. But mm. it's just as he was tracking back, as he was defending, that he could have done a bit, little bit more. I mean, it yeah. sounds like I'm being really harsh, but <laughs> it's fine margins. It's fine yeah. margins, like yeah. We know he's a quality player. We know Tottenham rated him, Jose Mourinho rated him. All these fans were few when he left. He is a quality player. just still needs to be a little bit of confidence put into him and uh, get to grips with the the club a bit more. And I think he'll be a cracking player. But yeah. that, that, it, was always, it was written in the stars where the goal was coming from.
0: Yeah. And obviously, Kylie did get a yellow card quite early, I say, early yeah. in the game. Yeah. I think it was kind of like midway through the first half. And I suppose, you know, he is, I think he's still, what, 18 years old, 19 years old. When you're yeah. on that yellow card, you know, it's a second league game of the season. It is going to have that effect on you. You're going to be that little bit more cautious getting close to your man. Um, positionally, you're probably going to change the way you're kind of starting. Your defensive position, obviously, if you're running back with the attacker in front of you, you foul them. chances are you're gone. So he kind of had yeah. to start kind of maybe like two yards further back. Than if he wasn't on a yellow card. And I think that did have a big impact on, you know, the attack and threat that they did provide through the well, our left
2: hand side, their right hand side. Yeah, and and Burton was obviously aware of that. And and we would expect the same thing if we were attacking somebody who had a, a yellow card on their back line. We're gonna be attacking that player every single time. It's just that that's cause mentally they're just a little bit and that comes with age, right? You know, we all we have all been um lauding Doyle, right? He's so young, he's just, he's a, he's an absolute anomaly, right? As far as like his maturity and stuff. But with Sirkin, that that's just more realistic of what a young player is going to be. We just have to hope you grow into that role a little bit more. And that's where we really needed, like we've mentioned it, the Corey Evans type of player, the one, or even Luke O'Nine there, because I believe the ball was played up, kind of bounced off McGee and then both Serkin and O'Nine just kind of watched it kind of as a yeah. 50-50 and no it's one... I think was as well. Right. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think you're right. And and no one that's where that hesitancy comes where Luke O is getting back in that midfield mentality, you know, and Neil's young, somebody like even, you know, O9, what I really would have liked to see there is a really hard tackle. Even if you pick up a yellow card there, you don't have any yellow cards at that point, you know, so yeah. you can take that upon yourself and say, hey, this could be bad. Let me just take this out now. I'll take the yellow card. You know, he's smart enough to to still be able to play without, you know, getting another card. But that's really where we just missed that, that uh, Lee Cattermole-esque or even Grant Ledbetter would have been kind of there just knowing immediately uh, we got to break this up right now. And if it means coming in with a flying tackle, then we got to do what we got to do. So I, it, it's like I said, early, early in the season, this is what we expect for the young team. We want, we wanted youth players We're clamoring for, for more youth talent. This yeah. is just kind of the double-edged side of it. So, mm. yeah, know, um, and, well, obviously we did make changes as you'd expect when you are losing a game.
0: Alex Pritchard came on. Um who else came on? Broadhead came on, he looked quite lively when he came on. We'll get onto him as well a little bit later on. There's a few half chances. Pritchard forced a good save out of keeper. There was in the I think it was in the first half, Stuart forced a good save out of the keeper, but it just wasn't to be for Sunderland. Ninety fifth minute though. Um I know Dan's already mentioned this a little bit at the start. I'll go to you, Phyllis again, Kyle. Um Gooch has the ball. Left hand side, ball in the box. Tom Flanagan heads in. I did think it was Ross Stewart at the time, and I think quite a few people. I think know, a lot. Of it was,
2: yep.
0: it was Tom Flanagan. that put the ball in the net against his former club, um, and it was called for offside. It was a close one, and you know I've seen it back, and I've had some people use some horrendous screenshots of the offside <laughs> where the ball's mid-flight, saying how was this offside?
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but obviously for those who should know but don't know it is based on when the ball's played and from what i've seen obviously the pictures the videos they're all on an angle it does look like it's a yard or two offside.
2: right and i that's just part of the fan definition is being irrational like you know it it is what it is you know people are gonna see different angles and break it down frame by frame with the terrible camera qualities that you see with like ufo sightings and stuff yeah (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) So it's just it's just one of those things, and you know immediately when we're watching it with the one EFL camera, you know I'm watching it from home. Of course I'm I'm all excited and then you know a little pissed, but at the end of the day, uh, what I liked seeing was that you know that the goal from them came I think at the 66th minute, and from then on we we did produce some good opportunities. It wasn't like we just went strictly route one. Yeah, we did do a little bit of hoofball, but not as much as we did last season. So it was nice to see that we we did start playing it from the back and we at least generated those opportunities. Even the final opportunity that I would say on, you know, maybe eight out of 10 other tries is, is a goal because we're talking a margin of, of absolute inches. And um, yeah, the good ball by Gooch, you know, we did everything we possibly could have and it, it just... Didn't fall our way that day, so yeah. I mean, a lot of fan reaction on on the internet, but that's that's what being a fan is all about, you know. So it's it's just one of those things where you know we can you know maybe we'll we'll have kind of karma or luck come back our way later yeah. in the season and and have a, a marginal call go our way. But you know, the side side referee, it's like, eh, you know, that's just kind of a party pooper, I guess. Like, come on, like let us celebrate. Say, but yeah. I guess at the end of the day, sure, <laughs> he made the right call, so it yeah. it is what it
0: is. Yeah, well, obviously, it wasn't given, and it, I think people are still debating it now on Twitter, um, even nearly 24 hours after the game finished. But it did finish 1 0. As I say, they're still positive as a take. We'll get into the play ratings in a second, but you know, the likes of Daniel, again, very impressive. Um, the Broadhead who came on didn't really have too much involvement, but the involvement that he did have looked promising. Um, obviously, he's highly thought of at Everton you've still got Dennis Serkin you know he hasn't played too much football recently so you know he's still not quite at match fitness and obviously Frederick Alves as well will probably be involved in the next few games but we're moving to play ratings start with Lee Burge I don't think well he didn't have a save to make so like the rule that I have if he hasn't done anything wrong and hasn't done anything particularly
2: good 6 out of 10 Kyle yeah 6 out of 10 easy enough I think Nothing special. Yeah, done for you.
1: Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd maybe push it to a seven because there were quite a few times where Burton played the ball over the back of our defence, and it was Burge came rushing out and was able to deal with it, kick the ball away. So I've maybe put put it up to a seven because of how he dealt with um,
0: yeah. some mistakes yeah. that I might have all made. Yeah, and just on Lee Burge and the whole goalkeeping situation, I'm sure he saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not sure. Obviously you don't you don't know how um reliable anything is until it's a done deal. That's with anything, even if, if it appears on Sky Sports or anything, which it hasn't yet. But obviously Vito Minone has been rumoured to be wanting to come back to Sunderland. Um a lot of fans have said, you know, we do need a, a better number one. If you look back at some of the stats next season, obviously I don't have them on me or in front of me now. But in terms of points dropped, I'd imagine, you know, you'd maybe have dropped nine maybe ten points last season from like a goalkeeping ever and i mean it's an improvement
2: on the championship season i'd imagine
0: but uh, is that an area that does need improvement in the team Kyle?
2: uh you can't go wrong uh, like if you're bringing in a player of his cal- uh, caliber you can't fault anybody for that and i think sometimes with with your starting goalkeeper, you want somebody kind of right behind him in the wings saying, like, hey, like I'm you know, it, it it's either if you're a goalie, you can handle that pressure and Lee Burge can say, Hey, I'm number one and I'm gonna keep fighting and practicing hard to make sure I am number one. Or yeah. if he's not mentally strong, he can look behind him, Oh my gosh, like Vito Mononia, like my my days are numbered. So yeah. it's either way, even if it's just a rumor. I think putting that kind of just in Burge's mind to say, what kind of player are you? Are you going to step up and, and solidify your spot, or are you going to yeah. look behind your shoulder and say, "Oh, oh gosh, like am I, you know, am I going to be replaced here?" So hopefully he's the the former, and he's going to say, "Hey, I'm going to sh- I'm going to make sure on Saturday uh, those rumors are going to stop." But I mean, if we can if bring him in, of course, bring him in. So it, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah.
0: Um, Chester is still at right back at the moment, obviously still haven't brought anyone in to play in that position. Frederick Alvarez don't think he's particularly natural at full-back. I think he is quite a big build, um, good on the ball, but just getting up and down the wing I don't think is his game. Um, again, rumours, Niall Huggins from Leeds, reportedly in talks with Sunderland. Um, I think he does normally play at left back for Leeds, but he is right-footed. Um, and I think I've seen a Leeds fan compare him to Spinazzola of Roma. or <laughs> You might have seen him uh, play for Italy at the Euros as well. But moving on the players that we do have, Carl Winchester stayed at right back. And I think I said the same thing in the last two games. Just played some tiny balls down the line, held his position well, didn't do anything wrong. So again, six out of 10, Kyle.
2: Yeah, a really smart player. I, I think that's what you saw. He He was never really caught out of position. I think he communicated well few times maybe I remember one little interchange down his side that kind of went through him and Gooch and a few players and there's a few just kinda of watching, but that's just gonna happen in the heat of the game sometimes. I, I think he's doing well and his comments after the game basically saying I just want to play, I'll be out here and I'll I'll make sure you know he's gonna give everything he has. You can't fault yeah. the player for that and I don't think he made any mistakes to to give him any extra fault. So six out of ten again. Yeah.
1: Done? Okay. Uh no I agree with Kyle what he said. I thought he was Pretty much, comments were really impressive. Uh, he seemed he seems to understand the club. He wants to give everything for the club, and he said he didn't doesn't matter where he's playing uh, as long as he's playing. Um, and yeah, I, everyone was skeptical about him when he came from Forest Green as well. So I'm um, I'm really happy to see how well he's doing this season. But yeah, yeah. I give him a six out of ten. Very solid performance.
0: Couldn't really do much more.
2: Indeed,
0: Tom Flanagan. Started, again, at centre-back against his former club. And there was a lot of balls into the box that he did head away. There was, as you will always expect, a few dodgy moments. But I don't think that was just down to Flanagan. I think kind of a lot of the defenders had their occasional kind of mistakes or misplaced passes or or whatever it was. But ultimately, again, scored the equaliser that did get disallowed. But went was seven for Flanagan, Kyle.
2: Yeah, I, I think what he lacks in maybe... Just looking athletic, I guess yeah uh, he <laughs> makes up for it and just trying he he just tries every single game he tries very hard and you can tell. Uh, Johnson has kind of bestowed him as, hey, you're the captain of this back line, you know, and he he's always talking to the young guys and talking with Winchester, and so for the most part, I I'm sure he's been organizing that back line. I, maybe Burge has as well, but I don't see Burge as kind of that that character to kind of be loud and and um, commanding. So yeah, I think I mean if he would have scored that goal, shoot, put him up in the nines and tens, right? But yeah, I think you can't fault him for the way he plays. Plays hard. He's organized for the most part, and he's made some. Uh, crucial headers. I think seven is very fair. a uh, borderline eight, if if you had you know maybe done just a little bit more, but yeah, I, I'd say I'd go with seven again, I agree. Yeah, done.
1: yeah, I agree fully. Last night at the match, you could hear him bellowing. He was always shouting instructions. I thought that was one of the best games he's had, yeah. um because he can be prone to a mistake. We all know that. but yesterday, I didn't really see too much that was problematic. Obviously, maybe mm. a misplaced pass or maybe a ball that's gone out of play. But great game for him, in my opinion. And like Kyle said, if if he'd scored or if we would won the match, that could have been an 8-9 out of 10 performance from him. So I think giving him this leadership role was the right thing because he's he seems to have stepped up a little bit
0: now. Yeah. Um, alongside him was, again, Callum Doyle, And, you know, Majority of the game, he, he was composed on the ball, physical, made some important blocks and tackles. But again, similar to Flanagan and similar to Cirk, who we will get on there. A couple of passes misplaced, a couple of, you know, lost headers or whatever it was. But again, seven out of 10 for me, Kyle.
2: Yeah, I think one thing I noticed is that he's still trying those same balls, which, hey, like he's putting them on the money. But the team, uh, Burton, was absolutely set up for that they every time that ball was sprayed out to the right or the left they they were out there immediately and so yeah. it's going to be up to us to say hey like now let's maybe look to kind of shoot that a little bit more inside or find the gap or have somebody run in behind because if that if that right or left back is going to be Running out immediately, like far to the sideline, that's going to leave a huge alley right there. So it's going to be on us to be able to to look for that. That that is one thing I noticed. Other than that, he's fairly anonymous, which is exactly what you want from a center back. It's just he just mm-hmm. does his job. You you never really think twice about it. So yeah, I, I'd say you know six, just because I don't think he had as big of an impact on a game, uh, just because those passes weren't going. But like I said, Burton absolutely was set up to uh, to watch for that. So not a whole lot you can mm-hmm. do there. Yeah,
0: and done for you on Combe.
1: Yeah, I'd probably say a six. I agree with Carl. I have never—I don't think I've ever seen a team play the same ball so many times and give the ball away <laughs> that many times. They played that diagonal ball. I can't even count how many times and they lost it every single time and yet they still tried it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what to think it was there, but yeah. Um, the pass. All our play went down his side. The, the routine was... Burge have the ball, give it to Flanagan, who'd switch it to Doyle, and then he'd drive it up. That's that's all it was, all game. So, like Carl said, anonymous, that's what you want a centre-back to be. And, yeah, six out of ten, he wasn't as influential as Flanagan.
0: Yeah. Um, Dennis Sergan made up the back four second game since he did join the club. And, you know, as I mentioned, he isn't up to, well, isn't fully match fit yet. Still has a bit of work here and there to do. Obviously, there's still a lot of training to go in um, between now and you know, the next few games. Yellow card did hinder him quite a lot and did hinder us quite a lot. Um, and I think it probably could have been avoided as well. Obviously, I think he kind of got on the wrong side of his man. he's he broke past him and just pulled his shirt and got the yellow card for it. Again, a couple of misplaced passes. But going forward, it kind of reminds me a lot of D- uh, Denver Hume when he mm-hmm. was fit with the addition of actually having a right foot which obviously will be very useful because whenever Denver Hume got forward, you know you just knew he was going to go down the left side, get a ball in. But I think there was a few times, not just yesterday, but also against M.K. Dons, where Sirkin was capable of cutting inside, playing the ball inside, or going outside, and it was quite effective, of course. But ultimately, I don't think he had a terrible game and, again, didn't have a great game.
2: So the bog standard, six for
0: me. Kyle?
2: Yeah, and growing pains, I think, is going to be uh, kind of the theme for for Serkin. But the one thing that I think is interesting and it kind of changes my mentality is that unlike – Doyle or, or even Alvis or things like Circan is that he's our player for the for the next couple of years so yeah. all that we have to really watch for is that growth that continued growth and confidence I I was thinking with it about Flanagan is you know two or three seasons ago I just some of the comments I made for Tom Flanagan probably aren't <laughs> aren't aren't the best and won't be spoken on the podcast but yeah I mean you see that growth in that confidence and Flanagan's not a young player by any means but That's all you can really hope for with circuit, but, and his ceiling is much, much higher than someone like Tom Flanagan, but it's promising to see that these players, if we kind of get behind them and give them a chance, and he is our player, he's not going to be gone after the season he can definitely grow into that role. And I think the Hume comparison spot on, I think he's, he brings us everything that Hume did um, with the addition of that right foot. And I think he all even had a chance. He kind of wiggled through, had a nice little interchange, I believe with McGee right outside the box. And I was just wanting him to rip it. And he kind of tried to place it through and, it's yeah. young, young player. That, that's going to happen. But we get to now watch him grow. And so I, I, I can't be too critical on him. You know, I, I think there's improvement for sure. But, I mean, it, it, so so is any 18, 19-year-old player. They're going to have improvement. And we just ha- have to watch and hope for that growth. So I'd say six. Yeah, I, I can't be too critical. Yeah. And Dan you. I'd probably uh, knock it
1: down one. I'd probably give him a five out of ten. There were definitely parts he could do a lot better in yesterday uh, as the uh, one-on-one battles he had he seemed to lose quite a few he'd mm. show he'd show one side and he'd just get cut open and they go into the other side um but he's only young he'll learn from it um the yellow cards I, i've got to say that was a shocking decision um see, seeing it it happened right in front of me i thought that was a shocking decision it was just a battle, and yeah. for a first offence as well. I don't know how the ref gave a yellow card for that one, but um, I don't know if you saw it on the stream. But at the end, when he got subbed off, he walked around the whole stadium, came all the way to the Sunderland fans, and he was uh, roaring the crowd up. He was like fist pumping, yeah. like trying to get the crowd going. So oh, I think, he I, I think he, I think he, I think he understands what the club is, and he understands how great the fans were because they were phenomenal last night. Um And yeah, he's just got a, he's got growing to do as any young player does, and I think he'll he'll definitely be one to look watch out for because once he gets that defending sorted, we'll, we will have a quality player. And I wouldn't be surprised instigated a buyback clause because
0: they will want him back in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trust me. Um, moving into midfield, nine, as I say, returned from an illness. To come back into straight into the start eleven, um, and again he's a player that some people love, some people hate, some people don't understand why he plays, um. I've always liked him, and I think he brings a lot of energy into midfield, which you know I think is very important, especially in the lower leagues. You know, even Championship level, League One, League Two level, having that energy in midfield can be very important. Um, some very important tackles, some good tracking and back, and obviously he is a goal threat going forward usually. Um, but suppose it'll take him a couple of games at least to get out of the habit of just hoofing over the pitch because he played centre-back for so long. But ultimately, again, didn't really do anything wrong, didn't do anything spectacular. I think there's going to be a lot of these, actually, six.
2: Quite yeah. Old. Yeah, and, and I think 09 flourishes in the role where he has Corey Evans behind him because he's kind of like the attack dog almost. He's like, hey, just go out there and just kind of cause havoc. You know, play smart, obviously. And I think he had some good inter- interchange play. The one downside it has, yeah, his finishing or just you know any of his those efforts were just just appalling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like I said, yeah, he's he's getting back into the role of things. It's, um, yeah, it's a totally different mindset mentality to come from, you know, right back to, to playing midfield. So I, I think he did what he could. I think though the goal does lay a little bit on him. I just want to see him be a little bit more aggressive. He did try to hold up that, the, the attacking player on their goal, but you, you gotta be a hundred percent committed and just say, I'm I'm just going to foul the heck out of this guy or, yeah. or break it up in another way. That hesitancy is the only thing that I would knock him down for. So uh, I'd be harsh to give him a five, but I I can't just keep agreeing and and, and saying six with everybody. I'd say I'd say a five, but only because I know that he can be much better.
0: Yeah. Um. Dan, for you on Luke or Nyan.
1: Yeah, I I'll probably say a six because he made quite a few great last ditch challenges for us yeah. in a box or just outside. Yeah. He was that person who sort of when we were in trouble he he. In our eighteen-yard box, he was the one that made the tackle. He kicked the ball up for a throw, and he made those sliding tackles. He made some great tackles that, like I was very impressed to see. Um, he had a great chance towards the end. He did all the hard work. I think it was uh, with Magidi. He had a little mm-hmm. um, one-two with, took it into the botch, uh, turned one defender with a sort of like a step-over thing. And tried to curl it into the top left and it just went miles wide. I think he, if he wants, if he's going to be that centre mid, we need him to be, or and he wants to be, because he definitely can be, he just needs to work on that finishing because he's a great box to box player. If you've got Corey Evans sort of screening the defence and then you've got Dan Neal or Embleton making the driving runs forward, you'll have Luco Nine as that box to box where he'll do both jobs. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll be a quality player. this season, it'll be someone who will really help us in the midfield, which is what we lacked last year. Um, yeah. He just needs to work on his finishing, but yeah, I'd probably say six.
0: Yeah. Um, Elliot Embleton, once again started, um, and again some neat one-twos. I think there was one in the, I think it was in the first half where he kind of just took the ball off McGee and tried to find a top corner from from the edge of the box. Did go just over, but he does look a threat and looks like he will score a few goals this season as well. But again, six for me, Kyle.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it just didn't come out for us this time. And like I said, I think he in previous pods he occupies a lot of the minds of of the other team, which I think is exactly what you need in your attacking number eight. It's just somebody who's gonna take up that that kind of mental space for the the attack, or for the defending players to think, okay, where's Embleton? Where's Embleton? And that should hopefully he's smart enough to get on the ball, make the right passes, uh, fairly anonymous, but. A team, like I said, when they're looking at team sheets, they're going to say, "Okay, Aiden McGee probably number one who we got to stop. Ambleton is very close to number two as far as Mm -hmm. if we can try to shut him down, we can break up how they want to play. But he's been doing a good job so far. He continues to get better. It's been a joy to watch him, you know, kind of step into this role. So, yeah, six. uh, I think he was close on a few, but uh, just didn't have that cutting edge we needed. Yeah, I think we need to find a, eventually
0: find a better way of rating players because yeah, sounds- there is a habit of just saying six.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, People and, and I, like I said, I think it's good. Like what I said with O nine, you know, it's one of those where we can see the ceiling is much higher, right? In previous seasons, a lot of these, oh, this was a seven or an eight compared to what we're used to seeing. But I, yeah. I think. We haven't even gotten to our potential yet. So maybe that's that's pretty normal to say, hey, here's a six. But that's only because I know he can be much better. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I agree, though. We'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, Danny, are you joining us on
2: the six
1: for Uh I'd probably say seven, to be honest, because I I was really disappointed that he was the one that was brought off. I was hoping it would be Gooch or Megidi. Um, yeah, But he, if, yeah. if there was anyone who looked promising or looked like he was going to do something, thing, it was Embleton. He was yeah. cutting the defence open. He was making those driving runs. He was doing a little bit of skill, but not too much. He was picking the passes. I, I, I'm so glad we didn't sell him to Blackpool. Um, Definitely, yeah. he, he's going to be absolutely crucial this season. And I think him and Pritchard, if they play together, I think that'll be a force to be reckoned with in that midfield. It, it's going to be disgusting. And some yeah. of the scores we could see will be boys versus kids. Uh, Menvers, but... oh sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Men Menvers.
0: I, mean, I boys, suppose uh... with the age of the team, it wouldn't right. do <laughs> <Well, laughs> that bad. Really. that's yeah.
1: true. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think um, he was one of our better players yesterday, and I'd give him a seven.
0: Yeah, very good. Not joining the bandwagon yet. Um, moving on to another six, Dan Neil, um, and again said it. In previous podcasts, just I'm really baffled why you didn't see him more last season. And again, I think I said it at the end of the um, MK Dons one. I think the only reason you didn't see him last season was down to the fact that the manager never really had time to train him. Well, not train with him. Um, didn't really get the chance to get the tactics kind of embedded in the way players. And to me, I think that's the only reason, only possible reason, why he didn't play it because. You can see he has the ability. I think Leeds United wanted to sign him um, in the summer or potentially last summer, and you can see why because every time he's on the ball, you know he he rarely gives the ball away. He can turn. Um, You haven't really seen it much yet, but you know he he is capable of getting a good shot off, getting probably a couple of goals this season as well. And like I say, he is
2: very young as well. So eight out of ten for me on Dan Neil.
0: Yeah,
2: a high eight. Yeah, I was going to say, spoiler, he's probably my man of the match. Absolutely loved everything that he did. Uh, he he does that, that thing where, he, you know, I really like that he runs – Every pass that's to him, he runs to the ball, right? He's always checking back to the ball, and he's yep. able to open up the hips and let the ball run, and it gets defenders every single time because he's actually got the pace and the quickness to get back to the ball right after letting it run. So, he, yeah, everything he did, I think, worked. He tracked back a lot. I think he even harassed a few attacking players and made some really nice interceptions, some nice tackles. But it's – yeah, yeah. I really think, ideally, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, if we had a healthy, everyone healthy, assuming, I really do think our best 11 is Corey Evans, Dan Neal in the midfield, and I do think Luke O'Neill at right back. You know, I I just, the way I look at it, and and I like seeing O'Neill in the midfield and things like that, but this is a great headache for Lee Johnson to have. And it's going to be on him yeah. uh, as the manager to figure it out. But yeah, I think Dan Neal was absolutely excellent. Very high. Eight. I it, maybe in comparison to the game, if he had a few more shots or like a few more attacking intense, I would say nine, but yeah, I'd say eight. And I, I really do think he was my man of the match. Yeah. And done. Yeah, I'd him. agree.
1: I'd agree. Um, he's uh, he was my manager much. And the amazing thing is he was doing all, all the attacking bits from CDM. So mm-hmm, yep. what I'd love to see, my I'd love to see a formation of a 4 with Luke O9 and Corey Evans sat in the CDM and have Embleton, Dan Neal, and Alex Pritchard in the three. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to see that. I think that would be disgusting because Dan Neal's got that attacking quality. And we saw that last night. His one-touch three balls, his one-touch passing, his vision, his, like Kyle said, the ability to check back look for the, the defenders that are pressing him and get out of the positions, run into the ball, trying to create something. I think if we had that three playing all together, um, that would be a dynamic trio. Um, yeah. But, and I'd be so excited to see that. But um, yeah, man of the match, eight out of 10, could, if we scored, if we'd won, maybe a nine or 10, because what a performance it was from him.
0: Yeah. Um, moving on to another knock-six, Aidan (laughs) McGeady missed, you know, I'm not entirely sure how early in the game it was, but I feel like it was probably about 15, 20 minutes in. Could be wrong on that. But, you know, the ball over the top, um, their defenders went ahead it and missed it. And he he threw on goal, no one near him. And I think Lee Johnson said, you know, when you're running at three quarters pace, which even for McGeady isn't particularly quick, but the point stands. Trying to chip the goalkeeper while you're running at that speed. From that distance is going to be difficult. You know, he had so many options. He's a very good finisher. You know, you can dribble it past them, go left, go right, put it underneath them, put it to the side of them. But he tried to chip it, and you know, when when he did it, it, looked quite pathetic. It wasn't a good attempt at all. And I think if you score that goal, you know, Burton have to change the way they play. They have to change their setup. You know, we have players capable of you know dictating the tempo, keeping the ball frustrating the opponents and then we can break, potentially get a second, get a third. If you score that goal, but I think we're talking about a win here. Obviously you don't know how the game's gonna pan out. It could go anywhere, but I think that is possibly the the kind of the I don't want to say the decisive moment, but in a way it was. Um and outside of that, just didn't really do
2: much. So I went with a five, Kyle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think his biggest impact came very, very late in the game where I, I imagine I, I, if we're thinking about it. Lee Johnson's definitely thinking about it and, and how to use him differently, how to bring him off the bench. And I think Aiden McGeady's uh, biggest critic is probably himself, as as most players yeah. are. You know, good players, they they are very critical of themselves. And I think after that miss, he was very anonymous for the next 30, 35 minutes, and it wasn't until the end where we said, okay, we have to kick it in gear now. And and yeah. that's where I think he he did make some good passes and and, and pulled the trigger on a few things. So I, I, I would like to see him come off the bench. And, and that doesn't mean indefinitely, but just maybe in this next game, I think there's we have the talent to beat Wimbledon and try something different. So mm-hmm. I, I I say I would I would like to see him come off the bench. I'd say a five as well. He just didn't. We that's what we need him for. That's why we keep re-signing him every season. It's like we need him to make those goals and make those you know convert those opportunities. And he didn't today. But that doesn't mean he won't ever do it again. So he'll he obviously has the talent to 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 pick yeah. us up another game. So uh, he'll he'll he will recover uh, from a five. We hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and done for you
1: yeah i'd say a five um and the the what makes his miss even worse was sitting behind the goal oh. we got a, we got a clear view of the miss and the shot wasn't even going on target I it, it was the shot went off target and the keeper saved it to make it go even more <laughs> off target so it, it was uh it was sad to see um but, yeah, I think Carl said it. he's going to be, he has to be more of an impact on the, off the bench, and that's where I think we'll start getting the best use out of him and let the young ones run the show for 60, 70 minutes, and then he can come on and give the final blow, the final knockout in the yeah. round 10. Um, yeah. Five out of 10. It was, quite, it was quite a poor performance. But you could see that when Pritchard came on, that mm-hmm. McGeady enjoyed playing with him they had nice link up and Pritchard looks like to be a younger McGeady with like four three-star steals but mm-hmm. um, those two linking up were really good which pulls him up to a five because if it wasn't for that I'd probably say four. Uh, yeah. So
0: disappointing one
1: the, but we know he's better.
0: I think the thing is McGeady as well though Kyle he you know he could have a one out of 10 performance and you know he could lose the ball nine times out of 10 but that one time out of 10 he doesn't he could put it in the top corner from 30 yards and win you the game and i think that is potentially the risky run of of not playing them and i suppose that would be the argument against
2: it yeah and and it it's the test of the manager i keep going back to that but that is why you know, Lee Johnson's brought in is he's the one who has to make the hard decisions. And, you know, I don't like to play, you know, side, you know, we're look at us. We're sitting in our offices or wherever right now, now, analyzing, you know, a professional football player in, in the team, it's on the coach to figure it out. So, and I, I, I don't like to try to make these, uh, you know philosophical statements about this and that but lee johnson will figure it out and if he doesn't then then get somebody in who can but i i have full faith in, in johnson too and, and mcgiddy to to realize as well where he can best be played and might be off the bench but regardless having mcgiddy anywhere near the, near the squad is typically a positive unless he's harassing the the youth which i don't think is happening anymore so i yeah it, we, it, we he will he will be involved in everything we do moving forward so it's uh yeah. i i don't think he's concerned i don't think i'm concerned either
0: yeah and well on the other side was Lyndon Gooch and again kind of similar to McGeady in the way that he's capable of a lot you know you look at some of the goals he scored in this league uh, you go back to the goal that he got against MK Dons I think it was last season potentially the season before you know he's got the ability but he's also got the attitude that gets him frustrated easily um, and again you saw that yesterday he lose the ball gives away stupid fouls chases the ball and just just tries too much at times and it is so frustrating when he beats a man and comes back and beats him again and loses it <laughs> and then gets frustrated gives away the foul and it's almost like you know if you, if you put a £5 bet on that to happen in the course of a game you'd probably lose money because it happens all the time um, so I've, I went with a 5 again for Gooch and I think the fact that Gucci and McGeady stayed on the pitch um despite not having, you know, the best performance didn't really offer too much to the team screams to me that we do need to bring another winger in. Um I don't think Jack Diamond's a natural replacement. I think he's more of someone that'll come on and, and stretch the player. But I think you need to bring someone in to, to rival McGeady, Rival Gucci for a starting spot that has yep. the technical ability of those two, has the pace, has the ability to
2: chip in with a few goals and yeah, I'm going off on a tangent here. Linigerch, Gooch. Bye. How You're good done, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's a, he he can definitely cause that. And uh I think his best play came in those di- kind of the last 15, 20 minutes when it was crunch time because he doesn't we we don't have time to mess around with the ball and and dip and dive multiple times and and what almost ended up being the game-winning assist came because he beat he put the man really on his <laughs> on his butt like right and just yeah. went right past him and first time head down, put the ball in the box and almost Almost was a goal. Right. So I, I would say with that, I, I'd still give him a six because I think he just tries very, very hard, which is good. And he's got the ability. It's just one of those things that kind of comes with repetition. It's just I, I think he's watched McGeeDee play a lot. And he he thinks like I can model my game after him. But Ada McGee is Ada McGeeDee for a reason. And Linda yeah. Gooch is Linda Gooch. So I think Gooch just has to get back. Hey, it's it's very basic, but just beat your man. Get the ball in the box. And, I, and the assists will start coming. So I, I agree, yeah. though, very frustrating, but I think he did enough to warrant a six. Yeah, and Don?
1: Yeah, I'd say a six as well. Um, it's really frustrating with Gooch. I love him so much. He's one of my favorite ever- players. I know mm. that sounds a bit mind-blowing, but he really is. <laughs> um, the really frustrating thing about him was, for the first 60 minutes until they scored the goal, He was a one-trick pony. He'd run down that wing. Mm. He would try and cut inside and just do... I can't remember who it was uh, last season where you put into the top left. He cuts inside and tries to curl it in the top left every single time. Uh, And every time he got the ball, even if it was a through ball, he would run onto it, stop the ball, take another five, six touches maybe cut inside maybe go the other side and then come back again and then go down the line again and just he, he faffs around with the ball too much he takes he, he, too almost, many touches. he almost wants to
0: make an easy decision look a lot more difficult than it <laughs> has to be exactly yeah.
1: and it was the opinion of all the Sunderland fans yesterday because we saw we did see moments of quality from him especially in those last when they scored the game he changed he changed players completely. He mm-hmm. was making the driving runs. He was make. He was beating his man every single time. Um, he would pick the ball up in the in the halfway line, just before the halfway line, and he would drive it down the wings. He would drive centrally. He would cause problems, which he needs to do all game and not just when we concede, because yeah. that, that Linden Gooch is a League One beater. He could be one of the best in the league if he continued to do that. But the first 60-minute Linden Gooch is someone you don't really want in your team because he makes it more difficult. And mm. that's the really frustrating bit. And I do have to give a shout out to that Burton number 10. I yep. don't know where he was playing, left back or left wing. I don't know what he was doing, but he he made Magidi's life hard yesterday. He won yep. everything. He was, he, he was one of the best players for me of the whole game. He was probably a man of the match. I think his name's like... Lucas Atkins, or something, yeah, yeah, um, yep. which is what M- Lyndon Gooch didn't face because I feel like if Lyndon Gooch faced Lucas Atkins in the first half, the first 60 minutes, that's right, yeah. it could have been a lot worse because he could have given the ball away in dodgy positions. And you saw how dangerous Burton were on a counter attack, they yep. flooded the bodies forward, and that's where the game called the goal came from as well. But I just want to. The last thirty minutes of Lyndon Gooch, I would love that in ninety minutes for the rest of every game to come well. Yeah. Just know that's not gonna happen. Yeah.
0: Well, moving on to the last player, Ross Stewart. Um and again I think it was halfway through the game or something I tweeted it. um, you know, the fact that he's six foot five and, and the way he controls the ball is just just mm-hmm. good to watch. I suppose is the best way of putting it, you know, his first touch on his chest, on his left foot, on his right foot, on his head, whatever it was, first touch was always excellent. Um just the only thing missing from yesterday's game was a goal. Um he had a couple of chances, obviously the one that was very similar to McGeady one on one. Don't even know what he tried that time. Um <laughs> I don't know if he's tried to lob it, if he's tried to play it low, put it through his legs, I don't know. But no, it was straight at the keeper, straight into his hands. And very easy. I think there was the one where McGeady put a ball in the box and he he got a toe on the end of it, the keeper saved it. I don't think you mm-hmm. can really do too much of that. I think it's a case of just throw yourself out of It might go in. It might go wide. You just don't know with them. But based on his all-around game, I've him at a six purely because he didn't get a goal when he probably
2: should have. Kyle. Yep, Uh, I think the the encouraging thing is that he is finding himself in the right position. And and he's running after balls. And like you said, his his touch is is incredible, especially with a lot of bodies around him. He's able to just kind of lay it off and he occupies a large space, not I mean, physically, I guess, you know, tall space. But he does because he's always on the mind of of the defenders now, unlike previous. I'm not going to even mention the name (laughs) previous forwards that (laughs) we have who are just kind of there, like like almost a magnet to their defender. He's always (laughs) making their life miserable by moving forward, moving back, cutting in. So I, I love everything. I, he's going to continue to get better as well. And um, yeah, and I, I think it was interesting to see when broadhead came on too. And I, I, can't even describe what formation it was to be honest. Maybe a four-four-two. I don't know. But there was one where the ball was kind of lofted over, and I think he got a little bit of a head on it. And if not, then Broadhead might have been able to possess that and put it in. But it'll be interesting to see how we use them too, and how he hasn't been coming off as a sub much. So when we do need another attacking player, what that formation looked like, what that dynamic looks like. But um, yeah, six out of ten. I, I love Ross Stewart. I love everything he's brought to the team. So yeah,
0: um, and done for you.
1: I would maybe put him at a high seven, to be honest, because although he didn't get the goal, he is everything we wanted Charlie White to be. I'll say the name. He's everything we wanted him to be. (laughs) Ross Stewart yesterday, I watched him throw himself with the ball. There were times he had four players stood around him and he still beat every single one of them to the ball. And not only only, uh, beat them to the ball he would also create something from it, whether it was with his shoulder, with his head, his chest. He would get up for the ball and he would put it into a position where Embleton or Daniel or McGeady or Gooch could run onto it. It wasn't where he might win the ball, but it just just yep. bounce straight back to them. I thought he he was really good to watch yesterday. And I've just loved seeing that from a, such a big striker. He's, yep. He knows how to use his body. His touch is fantastic, and his ability to sort of hold the ball up and play the ball, sort of acting as like a centre forward rather than an out and out striker. Um, yeah, I was really, really, really impressed with him. And look, the keeper made some great saves to deny Roy Stewart yesterday. He could have, he could have had a couple as well, and that chance as well that he missed, um, whether it was chip or we don't know. Um, he had another one where he came into the box. He was quite free. And I don't know if he tried to cross it or he tried to curl it into the mm-hmm. top of left miles of the wide goal, and, of it. and it went, it almost yeah. hit me in, in the stand. I'm not <laughs> joking. It hit the person in front of me. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of quality in that. And I think he'll, he's got two from two already this season. Yesterday was just an unlucky one. I think he, he could get it. He could be our um, what was it, Clark Harris of Peterborough. Yeah, yeah. this season I, I really think he'll be something that we need, and I don't miss Charlie White one bit. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm so happy we bought him for five hundred thousand pounds because great, what, bit what of,
2: a, yeah, what, great bit of yeah great bit of recruiting. A,
1: if if there's anything any credit I can give to the past owners, it's that purchase because. We even paid four, three four million pounds for Will Grigg, and we've got everything we need in a five hundred thousand pound striker from Scotland.
2: Yeah, yeah, Will Grigg I, on the bench as well. Yeah, I'd love to see a feature on Stuart. And this, I know we're already—you said we're just going to be a shorter pod, and here we are now, an, hour, exactly <laughs> an nice. hour into it. Yeah. But uh, I would love to see if Ross Stewart plays like a player who. Everyone expected to be normal height, like he probably was the normal size growing up, like everybody else, and then out of nowhere, just skyrocketed to to a huge six foot five, and so he he was able to develop that touch that ability. You see it a lot in in the NBA and basketball, and that's very typical of American to bring that up. But you see sometimes <laughs> these guys who end up being seven foot, but they have amazing ball handling skills and things like that. Because just like everyone else, they were a point guard, they were a normal size, and then all of a sudden they spr- sprouted up to 6'10", 6'11", and they never lost yeah. that ability. Ross Stewart reminds me of that, is that he he worked on all the other footwork and then just happened to to get lucky and 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 sprout up like that. Maybe his parents were tall. I don't know. That's why I kind of want to see a a nice in-depth feature on on the on the Loch Ness Drogba. No. There's quite a few nicknames for me now, isn't there? It's, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it is kind of a. I can't I, I was been trying to think of the word for the last five minutes. I Can't think of it. But it is quite an easy question. and um, that only has one answer. What is the word for that? A question that doesn't actually need answering. What's it called? Uh, how that does
2: that work? work? Rhetorical?
0: Yeah. Or something like that. Anyway, man of the match. Don't think we need, really need to uh, debate this much. Dan Neal, I think we're all yep. in agreement with that one. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Love yep. to see it. And hopefully he starts again on Saturday, which we do play Wimbledon at home in the next game. Um, and like I said right at the start, it's just a case of... Putting things right, making sure we take our chances, you know, we're going to create plenty of chances in every game that we play, providing that obviously players stay fit. Um, I think Evans is still going to be missing. I think he's out from the 10, 10 to 14 days. Um, whether any players come in between now and then, obviously, I'd love to see Mignone lining up. Don't think he's going to happen <laughs> by Saturday, um, if it does at all. Niall Huggins, supposedly in advance talks, could potentially start at right back, which obviously frees up the... Um, role for Winchester in midfield, which again will be quite useful. Daniel moves further forward, and we'll see. Um, but predictions for that one, Kyle?
2: I would love to see you know a, a, a high-scoring game from us, really, and coming out attacking. Just knowing that. Yeah, maybe, you know, hopefully Johnson kind of instills that like, oh, like we were robbed type of thing that was, you know, like hopefully he kind of instills that in the players to say, now we have something to prove. Let's go out there. We're in front of our home fans again. A little bit of a road trip to, you know, two back to back road games. Uh, the fans are going to be ready for it. And it's got to be one of those games. It, it really does have to be a win. I know it's very early in the season. This is one of those games has to be a win because a, a draw or a loss and all of a sudden you hear the streaky johnson and things like that and it's like come on we're yeah. four games in the season but that's just like i going back to fans being irrational that fans are just irrational so i we got to see a win i i want to see a very convincing win as well i'd say three nothing um i i think gooch gets on embleton and then uh uh let's go with the ross Stewart again let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's reward reward the, the <laughs> monster that is ross Stewart. Yeah. and done.
1: Um I, w- I I do have a gut feeling that we're gonna it's gonna be a three one to us. Um not a two one. No I think I think it'll be a three one. I think we've got we've got more than enough to be able to put the goals past them. The only thing that scares me a little bit is that Wimbledon are actually unbeaten this season since hmm. the uh season yeah. started even in the cup. They're unbeaten. They've won one, drawn two. Um, But the bit of optimism I've got is yesterday's match they had um, against Gillingham. Gillingham went down to 10 men and still managed to concede and still managed to score against Wimbledon in the 97th minute. Maybe um, that's something that we can look at as a positive that uh, Wimbledon either can't keep a lead, should we go down, or if there's a, a. a big decision in the match that they sort of lose their heads and lose focus. So I, I, I think.
0: Washed you with penalty, win. Yep. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, I think. I think if we get a goal, the floodgates will open, but it, it will be a hard game against Wimbledon they're, they're not a team that we can just walk over. Yeah. And just think that it'll be an easy game because it won't be the, the results that they've had speak for themselves. They're not.
0: Uh, they're not an easy team to beat yeah we will see i'm gonna go with a (laughs) (laughs) 4-0 but that is all we have time for after an hour and 10 minutes which is probably the longest (laughs) podcast we've done despite it being meant to be the shortest one but (laughs) you can go off um and just talk for ages about Sunderland in general so yeah but i appreciate you both coming on
2: yeah Thanks for having me again. Uh, sorry if uh, if my American accent's getting uh, a little hard in the years, but uh, <laughs> I, I lo- love I love talking about this club. It's it's been yeah. a lot of fun. And
0: um, once again, Sunday we will be back probably Sunday night to talk about the Wimbledon game.
2: That's all, folks.